Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went. And look, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning again. Well, that was sad. You knew, yeah, see, somebody said morning again because they knew I was going to have you do it over again. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, thank you. Today is the fourth and the final Sunday of our Advent series, Light of the World. Advent is this four weeks before Christmas in which we actively wait. We anticipate yet again the birth of the Christ child, as well as looking forward to the coming of Christ in the future. This year during Advent, we have been studying this book, Light of the World, by Amy Jill Levine. And several um, groups within our church have worked their way through this book. And on Sundays, I have been highlighting something that um, I've thought from the week's reading that I thought um, made me think deeper or, or in a different way about Jesus' birth. Amy Jo Levine is an internationally renowned scholar, teacher, and author. And first and foremost, however, she is a Jewish woman who has a great passion for exploring the stories of Jesus and the early church. She shows us the importance of understanding the Jewish context of Scripture and how doing that enhances and enlivens the understanding of these old and these familiar stories. And that reminds us that God isn't done speaking through Scripture. Every time we open our Bibles, the Spirit moves, and we have the opportunity to be transformed. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning and challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. For the past three Sundays, we have been studying the story of the first Christmas as found in the Gospel of Luke. 
Today, however, we're looking at details from the Gospel of Matthew. Did you know that the whole story of Jesus' birth is not included in either Matthew or Luke? And the Gospels of Mark and John don't include any of the details of Jesus' birth. Matthew and Luke present the story of Jesus' birth in their own way. They focus on different aspects of the story in order to reach their specific audience that they were targeting and to share what they thought was more, most important about Jesus, about his birth, his ministry, and his life. In Luke, we see Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's parents, and we see the angel Gabriel coming to Mary, and we hear the Magnificat We see the census in Luke, ordered by the Roman emperor of Augustus, and then the subsequent travel of Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. We see the birth in the stable, and the choir of angels and the shepherds visit the holy family. And then finally, we meet Simeon and Anna in the temple. All of these things are included in Luke, yet Matthew does not include any of them. Matthew tells a story from Joseph's perspective rather than Mary's. Matthew tells us about the Magi rather than the shepherds. And Matthew doesn't include the census, but rather starts with Mary and Joseph already in Bethlehem, and then recounts their flight to Egypt for fear of King Herod. Two very different accounts of this same holy story. And we often combine them to create that whole story. And Amy Jill Levine would agree that this is what is intended, that Luke probably knew Matthew's story and then was intended to supplement it with the details that he includes. But sometimes when we, when we learn of these differences and these discrepancies between these stories of Jesus Sometimes people can come to the conclusion that, well, if these stories aren't actually fact, then they're untrustworthy, and then I can't believe any of it. And sometimes that happens with Scripture in general, and in in effect, they throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? If they can't believe one thing, you can't believe any of it. But what if someone pointed and said, oh, look, Look at how beautiful the moon is tonight. Would you stare at their finger, or would you look to the moon? The the finger is there, needed to point you towards the moon, but the finger is not the moon. If you stare at the finger, you're going to miss the magnificence of the moon. The role of Scripture is not to be God. The role of Scripture is is to point us to God. Scripture was God-breathed. It comes from God, and it's extremely valuable and holy as a way to point us to our holy God. And so when we look at these biblical stories, the important thing isn't necessarily whether these stories happened exactly the way that they were written, but answering the questions, well, how is this story pointing me to God? Where do I see God moving? And how can I apply this to my life and my journey with God? What does it mean to follow Jesus in this scripture? 
What does this scripture show me as a deeper truth? Now in today's scripture, we see the Magi. And often we refer to them as, as the three kings or the three wise men. They see the star in the east and, and it guides them to the house where Mary and Joseph and Jesus are living. And Matthew says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. This happens after Jesus is born. And as Amy Jo Levine points out, we don't know exactly how this gigantic star stood above the home of Mary and Joseph and Jesus and didn't consume them with the heat of the star. But those things, they're not important to the point of the story. The point that this story is trying to make is that the people visiting here are magi. Matthew could have told about anyone meeting Jesus, the temple authorities or King Herod and his courts. They all knew of this location of this new king. But we see here that God chose the magi, these Gentiles, these non-Jewish individuals to be the ones who got to greet Jesus. This shows us from the very beginning of Jesus' story that everyone will be important to the life of this child and to the man that he will grow to be. Not just kings and temple priests, not just those with money or worldly status, but everyone, even the magi, these pagan astrologers from the east. Now, not only do the magi visit, but we know that they give Jesus three gifts. The famous gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew doesn't tell us the importance of these gifts and whether they have symbolic value, but people throughout the centuries have looked and speculated as to what these gifts mean. And Amy Jo Levine points out that when we look for symbolic meaning in biblical images or, or statements, that first we must look to where those images and symbols are in the rest of Scripture. Gold shows up several times throughout the Gospels. Most often it's connected with kings and those in power, those whom, for whom wealth is very important. So in offering Jesus gold, we see that the Magi believe that Jesus is king. But later in the Gospel of Matthew, when, when Jesus is preparing his disciples to go out and to proclaim the good news, Jesus tells them that they are not to gather gold or silver or copper coins. Because Jesus, although Jesus is a king, he's not the type of king that needs gold. In fact, when Jesus asked the Pharisees and the scribes, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold holy? He makes the point that the place of worship is more important than the gold itself. Worshiping God is more important than worldly gains. But the Magi don't know this yet. They know that Jesus is the king of the Jews, and so they pay him respect in the way that they know how, by offering him gold and other gifts. The next gift, myrrh, appears in the Gospel of John when we see Nicodemus going to, to Jesus' tomb to help care for his body. And it says that Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe, nearly 75 pounds in all. 
Now that amount of myrrh would ensure that Jesus was cared for properly after his death because myrrh was used to anoint corpses in Jewish burial practices. The myrrh reminds us of Jesus' humanity. Jesus would experience pain and death, just like us, affirming that God knows our pain, our struggle, the struggle that we experience as humanity. And then finally, the frankincense. Throughout scriptures, frankincense is consistently connected with burnt offerings in the temple. So this gift symbolizes Jesus' divinity. They acknowledge that Jesus is God. Now you may have also noticed that in today's scripture, there's no actual talking between the Magi and Joseph and Mary. The important thing here in Matthew is the presence of those Magi. Again, showing that Jesus came for all people, no matter their history or their background, where they came from, but that they are there now greeting Jesus as exactly who they are. We don't know how many magi there were, or whether they actually rode on camels to get there, or how exactly the star came to sit above the home of Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Corey, this morning as we were walking into church, she looks up to me and she says, I don't really know why we have Christmas. I looked at her and I went, oh no. (laughs) And then I said, well, yes you do. You know that it's Jesus' birthday. You know about Mary and Joseph, his parents. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know about the wise men. You know about the shepherds. Yeah, but I don't know that other name for them. I said, well, you mean the Magi? Yeah. I said, okay, but you know the other stuff, and you know why Jesus came, right? Yeah, because God loves us. I said, yeah, you know a lot. Just because we don't have some of the details lined out doesn't mean that the bigger picture, that the bigger story is not just as meaningful. God speaks through the details that we do have. In this story of the Magi, we get a glimpse into who Jesus would grow up to be. A king, but not just any king. A king for all people who would challenge us in every sense of the word. And Jesus would come, and Jesus would be fully human and fully divine. Emmanuel, God with us. We know those important things, and that's what matters. Scripture is beautiful and holy and of God, and it points us to the magnificence of our Creator and God's unconditional love for us. I pray that in this new year, as we begin another year of celebrating the birth of Jesus and and what that means to our lives, that you are able to deepen your understanding of who God is, that God can become personal in all of God's glory, that God may be sacred and beloved for you. Look, our Savior is coming. Let us greet him with glad and sincere hearts. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of Scripture and all that it shows us. 
Lord, help us as we go into these next few days that we remain focused on you, focused on your love and assurance that no matter what happens with family, no matter all the details that, that fall apart, that you came and that you love us and that no matter what, that is most important. Thank you, God. Amen.